Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not, but afterwards changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered, the first. Jesus said to them, amen, I say to you, Tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. Early on in my priesthood, I realized there were many children who I was baptizing or giving first Holy Communion to or even confirming, and I would rarely see again after receiving these very important sacraments. I remember baptizing some children. It was the first time and also the last time that I'd seen them or their family. I remember giving many children First Holy Communion and giving them Second Holy Communion at Christmas and Third Holy Communion at Easter. So, several years ago, I began to personally and individually meet with the families of the children who would receive one of those sacraments. And in the brief informal discussion, I would talk about the ways in which their family can pray ways in which they can catechize at home, and especially the important commitment which the sacraments represent in the child's life and the importance for the parents to help those children ensure they're meeting those commitments. And so over the past six or seven, maybe eight years, I've met with hundreds of families and in these relatively short meetings, the parents always, always, always assured me that they will attend Mass every Sunday, they will raise their children in the faith, they will make sure that their children are catechized in the faith, and so forth. And always, every year, I'm sadly disappointed. For example, last year, our confirmation class started with over a dozen kids that I remember. And I told the families in two meetings as a group the importance of making sure that this was, that their children, and they know that this is a very important commitment. And they need to be faithful, practicing Catholics to receive the sacrament of confirmation. 
And the parents assured me in both of those group meetings and also in each personal meeting that they would ensure that their child continues to attend Mass. And within six or seven weeks after the Sacrament of Confirmation was bestowed on them, our class size went from 12 or 13 down to maybe four or five. And it happens every year. I was very frustrated and angry. I actually feel lied to. I can't believe that somebody would actually look at me straight to my face, into my eyes, and tell me that they are committed, but only a week or two or three weeks later, not so much. Just like the second son in the gospel parable which we heard. Well, yeah, Lord, I'll go out to the vineyard and work. And you turn and walk the other way. I often see this as well in the election season. I can't stand it when election season comes around because I get so frustrated and so angry because there, there's politicians who claim their Catholic identity but they will support an anti-Catholic agenda, which is actually very harmful to the church. Many politicians claim to be Catholic, yet they will enact legislation which is anti-Jesus Christ. And not only it's the politicians that I'm frustrated with, but also many of the voters, because we'll see in five or six weeks from now, we will see millions of people who claim to be Catholic, millions who claim to be Catholic, vote for politicians, many of whom who are Catholic, to support sinful behavior and actually support intrinsic evil and support agendas which will fight against Holy Mother Church. And it's Catholics who are doing this. Can't stand it. Just like the second son in the gospel. Count on me, Lord. I'll be out in your vineyard. Turn and walk the other way. You know, there's a distortion of Christianity I mentioned a couple weeks ago. It's very popular among um, many uh, evangelical Christians. There's a thought, a philosophy, that all somebody has to do is accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior to be saved. And that's it. One and done. And after that, you can go out and you can cheat on your spouse, you can abandon your kids, you can be deceitful, you can harm people, you can pretty much do anything you want. But it doesn't matter because you're saved. It's a distortion because not only are those words never mentioned in the sacred scriptures, but Jesus Christ himself contradicts that thought in many parts of the Gospels. And you know what? There's a Catholic version of this distortion. There's a Catholic version. You want to know what it is? I'm going to tell you. I'm Catholic. I'm Catholic. I'm a good person. Yeah, I don't have to go to Mass or the sacraments. I don't really sin, don't need confession. The teachings, well, I agree with some of them, but some of them I really don't like at all. But I'm Catholic. I hear it all the time, all the time. Second son in the gospel. Sure, Lord, count on me. I'll be out in your vineyard. 
all day, turn and walk the other way. It's very sad. You know, all of us here, though, have been that second son in the gospel. All of us have told God, yes, Lord, we will go out to the vineyard to work. We will be part of your kingdom. And then we don't. We've said yes to the Lord. We've started to walk out to the field. But we get distracted. We become disinterested. We become bored. We lose interest. Find something else to do. We all have room for improvement in our spiritual lives. All of us here. But the good news is, we're also very much like the, the other son in the gospel, the first son. All of us here have, have told God no initially. God has planted something in our heart. Usually when we hear the gospel or we're reading the gospel, maybe it's something the, the bishop or the priest or deacon was preaching about. We hear something, we say, no way. I'm not doing that. That teaching, that commandment, not for me. But there's a little seed of truth in that scripture which is planted into our heart and it begins to grow because you and I were created in the image and likeness of God and we were created in and through and for Jesus Christ who is truth itself. So that we have this innate desire to know and to seek out and to love truth in our heart. And so when that seed of truth is planted in our heart and in our soul, we might be living our life in a way which is contradictory to that truth, but our soul recognizes it, and it causes us turmoil and angst in our soul. And sooner or later, we realize that what I have heard, which I initially said no to, which I disagree with, I have to say yes to. I have to, because it will bring fulfillment to my life. And I'll recognize the transcendental qualities of God in that truth. It is beautiful and it is good. And it's a way in which God loves me. And so we may initially say no, but then we, we find ourselves going out to the vineyard and returning to God. It's very beautiful. I see this quite often in my priesthood. And we can recommit to doing God's will in our life. We heard in the responsorial psalm moments ago, guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior. Remember that your compassion, O Lord, and your love are from of old. The sins of my youth and my frailties remember not. So we're asking God that simultaneously as he's planting that, that seed of truth in our hearts and we, we slowly respond to it, that he forgives us for not responding to it and not saying yes initially. So often, as I said, so often I meet people and they struggle with something which they hear at Mass, they read in the scriptures or the teachings of the church, the catechism, they struggle with it at first, but then they accept it for what it truly is. Just like the son, the first son in the gospel. We hear in the first reading, God telling his people through the words of the prophet Ezekiel, when someone virtuous turns away from virtue, 
to commit iniquity and dies, it is because of the iniquity he committed that he must die. But if he turns from the wickedness he has committed, does what is right and just, he shall preserve his life, since he has turned away from all the sins which he committed. He shall surely live, he shall not die. We need to realize that each of us is like both sons in the gospel. When we realize that we are the first son in the times that we initially reject God's teaching or his commandments or his love, then in humility we allow that seed of truth to grow in our heart and in our mind, trusting that it will bring true peace and fulfillment and joy to our life. And when we realize that we are that second son, when we initially say yes to God but later abandon him, we ask for forgiveness and the grace to turn back to him. So this is our challenge today. Today and every day. To recommit our lives to God. To turn away from sin, which brings spiritual death, and to turn back to God, who brings spiritual life. To make our yes to God mean yes in word and action. Praise be Jesus Christ.